Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Thank you for out and welcome once again all of our baby boomer buddies. This is the podcast made just for you where we talk about stuff that we, and I mean we, the baby boomer, is concerned about. And also when I say we, I refer to my two partners on this podcast. First, let me introduce from the mile high city of Denver, Colorado, uh, Carolyn Strauss. Do I get to be proud of something that I had absolutely nothing to do with? You the mean Colorado, the avalanche? Yes, the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup 2-1. to one. Um, It's a three-hour game. There's three goals total. Why anybody watches hockey, I don't understand, but it's very exciting anyway. That no, the then you, don't have, you, 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 can't, you can't brag if you don't even know how the game is played. You I can't brag. I watched it. I watched three <laughs> hours to get three scores but two of them were ours so the colorado avalanche won the stanley cup but i think i know how to fix hockey make the net thicker and the pads smaller all a goalie has to do is lay down in front of the net and he covers the whole darn thing that's not fair that's right you don't know anything about hockey all right well congratulations to them and from uh, the great state of indiana the home of uh, former vice president mike pence who's moved back to indiana now please welcome tim slagle hey speaking of sports the supreme court just allowed prayer on a football field which is good news for bears fans <laughs> yeah i just i just heard that so uh, they're they're doing all kinds of stuff mixing it up in that supreme court I'm just happy that it's summertime and I'm enjoying every minute of it because, you know, sometimes as, as baby boomers, we kind of get caught up into trying overcoming different problems that we have. And, and we, that's all we think about as opposed to the fact that, you know, today is another day above ground. We should be happy. And uh, last weekend, Tim worked with, uh, worked with a gentleman, another comedian, who has such problems and has overcome them. So, Tim, why don't you uh, introduce our guest? Well, thank you, Dale. I uh, just worked with Joe, this uh, uh, Joe Antonacci, this past weekend, and uh, found out something interesting. Uh, uh, he's a he's a stand-up comedian. I've been running into him uh, in venues around the city, and uh, I found out that he started comedy right after he was diagnosed from with Parkinson's. And wow. uh, yeah, wow, it's uh, it's you know some of us me. I did it to become rich and famous, uh, and uh, 30 years later, I'm poor and celibate, but that's another topic. Uh, I, I started when I was diagnosed with you know, poor grades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think he just makes the pause and waiting for applause easier, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. So, well, welcome, Joe. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Tell us a little bit about your uh, about your journey. What uh, what I mean, Parkinson's is a, a very a, a serious yeah. disease. We don't know much about it. We know Muhammad Ali had it. I have another friend who has it, but other than that, we're really not too familiar with it. So, yeah, uh, think, so tell us your. Yeah, story. I think Michael J. Fox became the face of it because he was struck so early in life, you know, in, in his uh, in his thirties, and uh, that really was the outlier, right? I think I think the thing with Parkinson's is. When, when people get it traditionally, you know, in the 70s or 80s, they have so many other ailments that it either is underdiagnosed or it, it isn't seen as, as the primary concern, right? The, the saying is Parkinson's doesn't kill you, right? Um, 
but that's a little misleading because while Parkinson's itself doesn't kill you, the symptoms can can lead to um, you know health issues. But you know, back to your question, uh, yeah. So what happened? I I was out in um, I moved out into Chicago, the Chicago area from New Jersey, where I'm originally from, back in um, 2012. I was here, and my wife had a business in New Jersey, which she wasn't ready to close down. My daughter was in college in Connecticut, so she liked to come home. So my wife actually stayed in New Jersey while I was out here for business, and we saw each other, you know, weekends, months, you know, every couple of uh, couple times a month, we travel back and forth. So what happened was I had a tremor in my leg, and I went to the a neurologist, and the neurologist said, "I think it's Parkinsonism, which is, you know, they can't diagnose it immediately, but they thought, right, that it was Parkinson's." Then I had a brain scan, which confirmed it. And, you know, here's what happened. So I, I was diagnosed at the age of 57. And I went to, luckily, here in Chicago at Rush University, either the number one or number two Parkinson's doctor in, in America and arguably in the world is here, uh, Dr. Christopher Getz. Now, being a guy who grew up in New Jersey, right next to New York, you really want good doctors, right? So I was very relieved to find that, quote unquote, the best was right here. So I went to him. And he told me, you know, you have Parkinson's and here's the deal. For some reason, and we have no idea, exercise, particularly cardio, really helps Parkinson's patients uh, uh, reduce or, you know, forestall the uh, advent of uh, the onset of symptoms. And then he went further and he said to me, you're going to have to do the following things, knowing that my wife was in New Jersey, right? He says, you're going to have to develop a hobby where you can meet new friends because you're out here by yourself and depression is one of the key identifiers and symptoms of Parkinson's. He goes, furthermore, to avoid that masking and Dale, you mentioned Muhammad Ali, remember that masking that he had in his face? Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, lose yeah. control of your facial muscles and vocal cords. And he said, you're gonna have to do vocal exercises to maintain your speech pattern. And you're gonna have to do facial exercises to maintain the elasticity of your facial muscles. Then he went further. He said, also, for your cognitive ability, you're going to want to um, be cre creative, as creative as you possibly can. And in particular, he told me that he wanted me to memorize text. And when I looked at him, like, like memorize text, I was an English major, but, you know, it was really big on memorization of text. So he told me, maybe you want to join a local theater group. And... I guess my face kind of told him, you know, <laughs> I just never thought of myself as a local theater guy. <laughs> I figured I'd get cast as a tree without a line and the whole thing would go to hell, right? So what happened was, uh, Tim, Tim, I told Tim the abbreviated version of the story. I actually did nothing for an entire year except exercise because I couldn't imagine at 57 living out here by myself going, you know, and meeting people and developing a new hobby. I'm like, hobby, You're like what, bowling or whittling or, you know, and how do you, how, how the hell do you meet people? You walk to some, up to somebody in Trader Joe's and say, hey, boy, those are some interesting items you're having. Are you having a party? Because I happen to be out here all by myself and my doctor says I need to eat. <laughs> it would have been like, you know, security, psychopath in aisle six. Best pickup line I've heard in a long time. You should have tried it, Joe. Yeah. Well, it's Trader Joe's, so I guess it would have been, uh, you know, Psycho Giuseppe. 
<laughs> so what ended up happening to try and keep my spirits bright during this shock, I mean, 57 years old. I mean, subsequently, it's, it's ironic because I, I had just gone for uh, insurance, right? I had just gone for, for um, life insurance. And, you know, you check all these boxes. Have you ever had this? Have you ever had this? I checked like 216 no's. I mean, I hadn't been hospitalized since high school for where I, where I had my tonsils out. And it's just like, wow, out of like a stroke of lightning out of nowhere, you know? And so. Good thing you got the life insurance before you had to answer the yeah, question, huh? That's for sure. Wow. So, yeah, that's, but, that's, but that's a lock right there. Huh? Yeah. I went out, you guys remember, uh, Zanies used to have a club in Pheasant Run, right, um, out on uh, sure. North Ave. And I, I used to go there because they had these zickets, you know, and you can go there for a couple bucks and see a comedy show. And I'd go there every Thursday. Whoever was, whoever was the new comedian for the week, I'd go see it. I'm out by myself. You can basically go to a comedy show, hide in a corner, you know, unless they spot you and say, you know, what the hell is this guy doing all by himself, which... <laughs> you're lucky they don't give those zickets just to everybody you got to ask for them <laughs> I, was the I guess i was the man what ended up happening was um i saw a comedian named eddie brill he did a oh lot of God. stuff eddie is one of my closest friends wow eddie Walmart, and, right? yeah eddie brill. that's so great you know his act he does yeah. a lot with the english language yeah you know pronunciation you know guy forget who is looks like guy forget i mean I, rem I remember the jokes and as an english major you can imagine eddie brill was right in my sweet spot of enjoyment right so afterwards i just wanted to say thank you and i did and he said have you ever thought of being a stand-up comic and i never had it had never ironically and tim knows that i i did some comedy writing which i can get into afterwards but i'd never thought of myself ever standing in front of anyone and telling jokes and eddie said well it was a Thursday night. I still remember it. And he says, on Saturday morning at Zany's, which downtown, which I'd never heard of or been to, I'm having a workshop. Why don't you come? And you might you might find that you have a calling for, you know, stand-up comedy. Still, dummy, never it occurs to me that it could help me with the symptoms, you know, delaying the symptoms. Right. I go to the workshop. I loved it. A person in the workshop, a woman in the workshop said to me, hey, are you going to go to an open mic? Because I told them I had never done this. She, go, she goes, across the street tonight is Second City's open mic. And will you will you go there? I said, will you be there? She goes, that's not the question. doesn't matter. <laughs> I asked you if you'll be there. And it was really pointed, you know. She's like, you know, do you want this or what? And I said, yeah, I'm going to go, you know. And... Now I had all this time and, and I got contemplative, you know, and I actually, um, you know, went, I didn't know what, really where to eat. I hadn't been to, in Chicago that long and I ended up going to a Whole Foods and I did like the salad bar thing and I sat down with my food. And then I thought to myself that I knew the church, church in Chicago had a Saturday night mass. I went to mass, prayed a little bit. Thought Looking about what the hell comedy. was going on, and it all came to me that every single aspect that the doctor had told me that I could potentially benefit from making friends, avoiding depression, working on my vocal cords, working on my facial expressions, <laughs> being creative and memorizing text. It was like, hello, hello. 
stand up comedy, you know, it's like, I couldn't believe it. So sorry to rattle on like that, but that, that's. Oh, no, 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 no. And yeah, we got a half hour to kill. So and, and <laughs> the amazing thing is I went back to my doctor and he was stunned. He says, that's like perfect, you know? And then I'm so fortunate. My symptoms have virtually stayed in place for the three years that I've done standup. And I'm just so thankful, you know, to have found that the community, uh, and I didn't tell anyone for, I think, two years. And finally, my doctor said, you know, I think it might help other people if they knew that you had found, you know, this outlet where you could, you know, not give up and find a way to, you know, meet these criteria, the various criteria to, to, um, live a, a fuller life as a Parkinson's patient. And right. so because of that, um, I was contacted. I said, yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm ready to go public. I didn't want to go public at first because I didn't want any pity and I didn't want any bookings based upon, I didn't want to be booked as a Parkinson's comic. I want to be booked as Joe, the comic who has Parkinson's. And, and that's the way it worked out. And I'm very, very thankful. And the community you know, for all the, uh, this guy's this, and this woman's this, and this one's that, and this booker is this, and this is, hey, listen, I'm telling you, I came from nowhere, zero, and everyone's been fantastic to me. And he yeah, killed Saturday night, I might add. He absolutely, I, I had a hard time following him. So. Wow. Yeah. And now that you're a stand-up comic, um, has your wife left you yet? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the other thing, you know? The irony That's of irony, she actually moved out here, and now we're, now we're, you know, when, when, actually, when she was living in New York, in New Jersey, and I was living out here, she said we'd never gotten along better, and she, <laughs> she told everybody, you know, and uh, I was like, you know, who's the comic, you know, and then the doctor says to me, I says, well, you tell me everything I should do. Is there anything I can't do? He goes, well, I wouldn't recommend becoming a tambourine thief. <laughs> like I said, everybody's a comedian. <laughs> now, have you found that uh, the mere act of laughter has helped? Because you know, Norman Cousins wrote a book uh, it, where he had the ankylosing spondylitis, a, a severe nerve disease, and he found that by laughing. He used to watch Marx Brothers movies, read funny books. He said that 20 minutes of solid laughter would ease his pain and help him to get through the day. Have you have you found that, uh, you know, a benefit from, from actual laughter, or is it more from making other folks laugh? Well, I think it's a, it's a combination. Uh, Dale, that's a great question. I think I, I still love going to comedy shows as much as I do, um, as much as I do performing. And the other thing is, I, I came from zero, right? Because I, I, you know, three three years ago, and plus we had a pandemic for a year and a half. So I've really, I, I could say I've been a, an active comic really for a year and a half, more than more than the three that are on the calendar. But I still, and, and I had a lot of catching up to do because I wanted to see, you know, my comic uh, heroes are gone. You know, growing up, I, I watched the Merv Griffin show. And I watched, when I got a little bit older, I watched The Tonight Show. We, we had in New Jersey, we had Mike Douglas out of Philadelphia. So, you know, my comic heroes are, uh, sad to say, are gone. You know, David Brenner, you know, was my favorite, you know. And, um, you know, a lot of setup and punch guys. I, I do have that style. And one thing was that I, I'd, um, 
I'd written some comedy jokes for a friend who was a monologue writer uh, for one of the late night shows. And I'd sent, he, he, I talked to him and he said he had to produce like 40 a day. So I used to send him emails and amazingly, you know, a couple of my, some of my, uh, my jokes hit and were, were used way before Parkinson's and way before my diagnosis. But I didn't know the new comedians. So when I started talking to people at the shows, right, or the open mics, oh, you know, you remind me of this one. You know, do you know, do you know Sam Morell or do you know this one or do you know that one or do you know Kira Sult Sultanovich or do you know this one, that one? I didn't know anybody, being frank with you. I was busy, busy being a dad and being a business person and being this and being that. And I really hadn't been focusing on the scene. And so now I go back and I have to learn about these people and see them and appreciate them and every name that I heard or somebody who was going to come into town, I'd want to see them ahead of time, you know, to get a little idea. So I have become, to answer your question, Dale, in a roundabout way, I'm sorry, but um, I have been become a student of comedy. And through that, of course, you're, you're laughing constantly. You know? Right, right. Can I ask what your business was before? What did you do back in New Jersey? Oh, yeah, every, every always, uh, so from... I graduated college in June and went to work in a call center doing um, billing and customer service and bill, bill collection, right? So, you know, I, I really should bill myself as a New Jersey bill collector, but, you know. Yeah, that's actually something <laughs> else, a slight, isn't it? It has a slightly <laughs> different, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe have to change your last name right? yeah. But um, really, uh, to answer your question, Carolyn, I, I've been a... I wanted to be a school teacher. My dad was a school teacher. I came home and told my dad uh, at, during college, you know, listen, I'm going to go into the family business. I'm going to become a teacher. And he was mortified. He didn't want me to, you know, he wanted me to go into business. You know, he didn't want me to suffer, you know, the teacher's salary and all this other stuff, you know, and, and he, he felt if I went into business, I would have a greater opportunity to provide better for my family as the, you know, he's thinking, you know, breadwinner and all this stuff. So um, I did, um, you know, go on and, um, you know, back to your, your point, your, you know, your, your question is I really um, did want to, um, you know, go ahead and, and pursue teaching, but I didn't, you know, I went into business instead. And really I've been a call center, um, a call center director of training, right? And, you know, it's a funny thing, but, you know, if you're meant to be a teacher, you end up, finding a way to teach anyway. So I've really been all over the world in call centers and uh, both uh, internationally and around the country, um, teaching people how to be more effective on the telephone in communicating with people, right? With consumers and finding out, you know, what the situation is. Currently, my current company, it's all medical billing and it's not collections. It's really, you know, explaining, you know, what did the insurance pay? What was your deductible? What was your copay? What was this? What was that? Because it's so complicated. People just can't understand these things. And I try and, you know, teach people. But I always used humor in my um, in my lessons too, you know. So I was never afraid of talking in front of people, you know, you know, in, in strangers in a in a classroom environment or or coworkers or what have you. So you know, it we all probably led bring you back for another show to talk about that. Yeah, I was going to say, so you still have a day job. Good on you. I That's do. why you're still married. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, yeah, I was just curious. Do you have any of the funny calls in your act? That would be brilliant. 
No, I don't. But, you know, and, and actually you have, you know, some, some of these situations that happen over time. I mean, we started, when I started, my first day of work was in 1983, you know. I mean, you can think of how things have changed, you know. The bane of our existence was these new things called answering machines, you know. <laughs> forget caller ID and forget the spam calls and the robo calls and everything. And that that's terrible for us because now no one answers the phone. You know, because of these these abusive uh, phone calls, and we have a legitimate business interest in speaking to these people. And the the ironic thing is, if we are unable to speak to them and explain, hey, you owe this money, then it goes further, and that's what you don't want. Right? You know, if we have an opportunity to get in there early, we'll set you up on a payment plan that you can live with. And you know, but now, ironically, because people aren't answering their phones, many more people are slipping from a, being in a position where they could have taken care of it easily, you know, take care of it, you know, uh, put you on a payment plan that you can live with, that the cl client can live with, right, the, the creditor, and everybody's happy. But if you don't answer the phone and you don't communicate with the people representing the people you owe the money to, then, you know. Then you got to so do it old school. <laughs> yeah, Baseball backhand. <laughs> now let me ask. Oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, all right. Uh, let me ask you a question. When you were living in, in New Jersey, this would be in the 90s. You said you always like to watch all of the, you know, the talk shows and stuff. Do you remember a show called New York at Night, which was on WOR? New York at Was that Bill Boggs? No. No, the oh, host okay. was uh, Clint Holmes. Oh, Clint Holmes. Yeah, see, that that's that's the 90s. So, I mean, I'm 61. So, um, when I'm talking about what I what I would have would have grown up with, you know, was, you know, the 1970s, 1980s, you know, um, Clint Holmes, I always get confused with Clint Holmes because I've seen him on, I've seen that show, right? But I, is there also, is he the same Clint Holmes who had like a pop song, a pop? Yeah, yeah, it's a one hit wonder. My name is Michael. I got a nickel. Yeah. That is him. Okay. But when you watch the show, how about that announcer he had, huh? <laughs> That was me. I was on that show as his <laughs> announcer. So I just wanted to see if that uh, had, you know, had any track to it, but apparently not. No. Sorry. Uh, we Dale have our very still own. trying to chase very... down that one viewer of the show. <laughs> I, did, I did work as an announcer, though, a little bit. Uh, Timmy, I'll tell you, I, I, um, I, I used to work when I wasn't in call center. I actually worked for an eye center that did um, laser surgeries and cataract surgeries and things. And uh, a, a retired boxer came in and he had a detached retina and cataracts and everything. And the doctor said, you know, was looking at me, he says, oh, my friends are all, all my friends who are retired boxers, we all, you know, have eyesight issues because of boxing, right? Because of scar tissue or because of cataracts or because of detached retinas from thumbs in the eye, et cetera. And it's not just because they're that when they're boxing, it's also when they're sparring, right? You gotta remember for every fight you have, you know, you're gonna be in a sparring session in the gym you know, 50 times. So, you know, that's that's getting that thumb in the eye and everything else, and it, it really, really takes its toll. So he, so the doctor said, well, listen, if you have any of your retired boxer friends, we would do their um, surgeries for whatever their insurance coverage is. If they have Medicare, Medicaid, insurance, whatever, and anything that's not covered, it's on me. The guy says, would you have somebody come to our boxing dinner and, and introduce that program? And he said, sure, and I went. And there I met a boxing promoter who was handing out flyers for an upcoming fight. 
And I said, wow, you've got everything at this fight. You have women boxers, you have heavyweights, you have lightweights, you have this and that. He goes, yeah, I have everything but a ring announcer. So, <laughs> like, I could do that. You know, I could help. Because I've been watching boxing forever, you know. And he says, do you have any experience? And I played a ring announcer in an elementary school. We, in Virginia, New Jersey, we do a little elementary school play for the kids. And I played we did this little WrestleMania skit and I played the ring announcer. So I said, well, I have amateur experience. He thought I meant golden clubs, you know? <laughs> anyway, I had a 20 year boxing career. I'm in the New Jersey boxing hall of fame. That's another fun, <laughs> fun little hobby. <laughs> and all over the world, I went to China twice. I did the first, first um, major uh, professional fight in China in, in uh, uh, Macau, right? the island off of Hong Kong. It's great. You never had to throw fun. a punch. I think that's great. Boy, so you've been in boxing, you've been in uh, bill collecting. All you need to do is a, a, a stint in waste management, and those are New Jersey's three main industries. <laughs> That's the funny thing. You know, I never use this on stage. I, I thought about this, right? Every carding, quote-unquote, carding company in New Jersey is named after the guy, that, right? Maselli Brothers or Bulldo Brothers or, uh, you know, the uh, Grossos or whatever it is, right? Right. And then I come out to Illinois, and it's waste management. To me, waste <laughs> management sounds like a diet program, you know? <laughs> Wait, what the hell is waste management? Where the hell is Capelli Brothers to pick up my dumpster? <laughs> so, so, Joe, I want to put you on the spot for a second. What's your favorite joke in your act? Will you tell it? Yeah, I will. I'll tell you. I, um, I, I was actually in uh, Nordstrom's, and I was cutting through cutting through the fragrance department to get out to the mall. And a woman's, I heard a woman's voice say, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir. I said, oh, Jesus, you know, I didn't want to get sprayed with anything. I kept going, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir. I was like, oh, Jesus. I turn around and she's got a tray and she says, would you like to try our essential oils? I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, what the hell is an essential oil, right? So she says, oh, I have peppermint for breathing. I have lavender for wellness. I even have tea tree oil, which is antibacterial. I said, honey, no offense. But I'm an Italian. If I can't dip my bread in it, it's not an essential oil. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's my favorite. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> well, Joe, do you have any advice for any of our uh, for any of our listeners who may be suffering from Parkinson's as to, you know, what they can try to, uh, to relieve it. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt here. The advice that he gave before was perfect. Exercise, make friends, get a hobby, go do something that you love. There is nothing about what he already said. I'm thinking this is not for just for Parkinson's. This is for any human being who's alive. Thank you. Carolyn, that's exactly what I was going to say to Dale. You know, hey, listen, it goes way beyond Parkinson's, you know. And ironically, what happened was when I when I had this happen, uh, one of the nurses who works with the Parkinson's Foundation uh, mentioned, you know, we have this comedian and uh, he has Parkinson's and great results. And he stopped his. I don't want to say stopped his symptoms in their tracks, but so far, OK, you know, like jinx myself. But she told the Parkinson's Foundation they gave Rush University a grant so that I could teach Parkinson's patients um, stand-up comedy, which is, you know, fantastic. Then COVID hit, of course, so he didn't want to do it over, you know. But we have a 
grant money in place to teach Parkinson's patients stand-up comedy, not to become professional comedians, but to show them that there are ways that you can do all these things phys physically, you can attack these symptoms uh, in a in a you know a comprehensive way. And uh, to answer Dale's question, yeah, I mean it doesn't just have to be Parkinson's. I think the the message is really you know don't don't go you know curl up in a ball and and and, and hide and and just give up. You know uh, we had uh, of course Jim Valvano famously from. University uh, North Carolina State University, the NCAA championship uh, champion uh, basketball coach. His famous quote when he was riddled with cancer was, "Never give up. Don't ever give up." And that's that's really the message, you know. And and but don't just sit there and say, "I'm not going to give up." Be proactive and go and do things and find things that can actually help stop or you know cessate your your um, symptoms. Joe Antonacci, is that correct pronunciation, Antonacci? Oh, perfect. Oh, right. You're an honorary New Jerseyan. I, well, I, I, uh, when I was on the show, I had to live in New Jersey for a year, and that was that was. A I, I don't like the way Carolyn. I don't like the way he said that. I had to live in New Jersey. <laughs> right, I lived in New York for like twenty a, years. Like a freaking prison term. Christ. Yeah. The studio was in Newark. Okay. <laughs> How do you think he got the show, Joe? He's the only one that would do that. I know. The only one who would go to Newark. <laughs> he could have walked around and met Michael and given him a nickel. I don't know. Win <laughs> homes. Joe, where can uh, where can people see you uh, next? Uh, do you have a, uh, a website to uh, to direct? Yeah, I have. I'm, uh, Joe, I'm at Joe the Comic on uh, Instagram. That's the best place. You know, if they. Uh, Check out uh, at Joe the Comic. I put my uh, upcoming uh, dates. You know, I got a bunch of a bunch of things coming up. I'm actually going back to the co home country. I have a christening on uh, on Sunday, right? My uh, little they booked uh, you for that. Henry's going to be christened. I'm going to go back to New Jersey, and um, you know, I'm going to stop in New York and see some comedian and co comedian friends who, who've moved there. And it's it just it's so different, Dale. You know, what's so interesting is, you know, wherever you go, there's a comedy club, and you can either go there as a fan right to, to go and observe or you can go there as a, as a performer and you know the, the the community has been wonderful to me and I, I can't i can't thank the you guys and people like you who have an interest in comedy and and in the community and you know tim knows tim found out i had parkinson's on saturday i think and we've known each other for two years so it's not i don't lead with it because right, it's right. awkward you know and and again you don't want it to come out like Oh, you know that guy. He's just you know trying trying to trying to get ahead, you know, stand on his right, 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 parts. right, right. Well, Eddie's in New York. When you see him, tell him I say hi. Give him a hug for me. I certainly will. I guarantee you, I will see Eddie anytime I visit New York. Thank you very much, Joe Antonacci. So look him up on Instagram at Joe the Comic, and uh, he will uh, definitely make you laugh. Unfortunately, kids, we've run out of time for this show. So, uh, Carolyn, any last words for our listener? Go out there, get a good workout in, and get a good laugh in. That's what I take away from this one. How about you, Tim? Hey, if you would have been uh, subscribed to timslegal.com, you would have known that I was working with Joe this past weekend, and uh, maybe we would have had somebody in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tim, Tim, tell the story. We scared the hell out of uh, East Dubuque. We stopped for gas. 
We stopped in the middle of rural Illinois for gas. Joe goes in there in the in a uh, eggplant velour tracksuit <laughs> and walks in there, and everyone just kind of just kind of giving him distance. And as he's walking out, I overhear someone say, "I told you, Anderson owed someone money." <laughs> <laughs> The Sopranos coming soon to your town. You're a really good bill collector. You just dressed the part upstairs. Good for you. And let me just say, if you want more laughs like this, go to daleurban.com and you press a button for the Friday Funnies. Every Friday in your email, you'll see a written and a video recap of the honor stories in the week's news. That said, we thank Joe again for being here. I thank all of you for listening. Now I want you to go out and enjoy the day because today is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.